0: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today, man, I've got a good buddy. We go back a long time, Chuck Downs. How you doing?
1: What's up, Gilly? Doing great, brother. Awesome. Good to see you.
0: It's good to see you. You're down in a uh, beautiful Key Biscayne, Florida, uh, in, a, in a beautiful area. I wish we could just show our, our listeners your view because it's amazing of the ocean, but maybe we'll talk about that later. But, uh, man, we go back, gosh, probably till about 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. I've uh, known each other for a long time, so I've been excited today. Know we're going to get to spend some time together. So, uh, like all of our shows, um, we always start with what made you the man you are today, man. I know you've got an amazing story. So, uh, but what do you think made you Chuck Downs,
1: man? <laughs> um, you know a lot of things, Brett. I mean, uh, one, you know, I was very, very, very blessed with an amazing family. I mean, my father, uh, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother. Um you know I grew up in the bible belt uh born and raised in jackson mississippi and and just you know an amazing community of people there uh people that you know when you you, you say that you 're going to do something you shake a man 's hand or shake a woman 's hand you know that 's i mean that was the deal and so the foundational piece of me being brought up and you know in a in a very um in a very trusting and honest and 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 just you know, a community with, with amazing people that, that were honest. And, and um, I, I would say that was the foundational piece of it. And my grandfather was my hero. I mean, this guy was a, he was a pastor of a small country church. He was a farmer. And, you know, he's the one that taught me how to hunt and fish and, and just growing up in a great part of the world, I think, around really, really amazing people.
0: And then we're in a career and you're surrounded by other great people. And then I think, uh, you know, my dad always said it, but who you surround yourself with and the books you read make you a better person, right? I think you and I both have been blessed to be around great people, certainly around great speakers and and great books and all those things. And I think the more we feed that positive mind uh, and surround ourselves with those great people, the better life becomes, right?
1: We, uh, we become what we think about. And so whenever you look at the people that, like you said, like we've been, uh, we spent a lot of years around, a, you know, some really amazing people that, yeah. that were just built for continual improvement. Um, so the books, the tapes, the podcasts, the CDs, the the workshops, the seminars, all of it. I mean, it just all culminates and, and creates, you know, who we are today. The travel groups. The right. travel groups. <laughs>
0: So Chuck and I were part of a uh, what we called a study group where about, what was it, five of us. Uh, we would get together at places all over really the country and even the world and uh, we would get together and we'd go over our business plans. We'd challenge the daylights out of each other and we jokingly started to call it a travel club because we started going on amazing places. But so no matter what industry you're in, I think it's, it's key if you can go out and find those people uh, that you can meet up with at, at nice destinations, share your entire business plan, the good, the bad, the ugly, your financials, um, you know, your, your personal dreams, your family dreams. I mean, all those things I think are critically important to share uh, with people and then you get great feedback from people like Chuck and I think it expands our horizons and it expands our vision. So, thoughts about that, Chuck, when I say all that?
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I joined my first study group, I think, uh, probably in, in 1994 And, you know, you look at the people that that were in that study group and and it's a group of people, you know, I mean, Napoleon Hill said it in in thinking grow rich, that you've got to have a mastermind and and people that that have similar goals, similar dreams, similar desires that are always pushing each other to improve and grow. And and, um, I mean, whenever you surround yourself with people that are are always wanting to grow and get better, then you have to grow and get better. And everyone's going to go through challenging times, and so to, to be able to, to have people that care about you and support you uh, to fall back on um, and, and know who you are and know what you stand for and their ability to, to be there to, to catch you sometimes when you that's fall right. is important as well. That's right. So let's
0: talk about the habits and rituals you're seeing. You're working with people all over the, the, really the country and, and, and all different types of industries, but what are you seeing either for them but then also for yourself that's helped you in your career that you can help our listeners with the habits and rituals, no-miss items throughout the day to just go out and conquer your day.
1: You know, my, uh, my deal is really three rituals. And, and, and as I share with, with my friends, with my clients, with myself, the three rituals, I think the most important one is what I call the power hour. And that is a weekly ritual of planning the week. Uh, and it consists of five steps. And, and the first step would be to connect. And what we're doing is we're connecting with our vision Uh, You know, we've already said it, both of us have said it, we become what we think about. And if you think about, you know, everyone that we know wants more of something in life, Uh, you know, whether it's more money, more success, more happiness, more fulfillment, uh, more meaningful relationships, more time, whatever it is. And everyone that wants more of something also wants less of something. You know, we want less stress, less worry, uh, less procrastination, less complications, less BS in our life. And so how do we do it? Well, if we become what we think about, then we have to increase our percentage of thoughts and what we want, and we have to decrease our percentage of thoughts and what we don't want. And so what do we need to think about throughout the day? And that is our vision. And so by by having a powerful, inspirational vision and the ability to connect to that on a weekly basis is very, very, very important, in, in my opinion. And, and I think uh, you would agree with that. And so, step one of that power hour is to connect to our vision. And by doing that, what we're doing is we're practicing what's called self-directed neuroplasticity. And what that is, is that's the discovery uh, that we can rewire old neural pathways and wire new neural pathways based upon the quality of the thoughts that we think. And so if we're thinking on a weekly basis about our vision, then we're becoming and we're attracting in our life and we're, we're, we're turning on the reticular activation system in our brain so that we're seeing opportunities that are consistent with that vision. So step one in the power hour, connect to the vision. Step two is to reflect, reflect upon the wins, the losses, the lessons from the previous week. And whenever we reflect upon those lessons, or rather whenever we reflect on the losses, we can turn those losses into lessons.
0: And would you also agree, sorry to interrupt, but if you, if, it's a failure only when you don't learn from it, right? And I think to your point right there, if I can learn from that failure this week, I can turn that into a positive and then focus my energy on it being positive versus negative.
1: 100%, 100% and that's, that's why the reflection, the journaling is so important is because it allows us to, to identify those losses Reflect upon them and turn them into lessons. Yep, yep, yep. Step three, step, step three to the Power Hour would be to, to categorize. So categorize everything you want to do, have to do, should do, must do, and categorize it based upon your life priorities. So most of us have, you know, arguably, six life priorities. We've got our spiritual, we've got our health, we've got our family and friends, we've got our career, our purpose, we've got our finances, our organized life, and we've got our our community or our our charity or our, our giving back to the world. And so whenever we categorize all of the actions that we need to do for the week based upon a life priority, it's a much more uh, effective way to go through life yeah. and know exactly what you've got to do. Um, you know, I think all of us have, have at some point been out, at, at home thinking about work or we're at work, we're thinking about family. And so by prioritizing, or rather by categorizing our actions based upon the life priority, it's a much more simple way to to turn everything off except that particular area of our life. Step four to the power hour then is to prioritize. So you're gonna prioritize each of those action items, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever it is, for each life priority. And then step five is to schedule time on your, your, your calendar for each life priority. So if I've blocked off time for career, then I'm in that career time. The only thing I need to do at that point is I need to dial in and work that prioritized daily task list or that prioritized task list. Once I'm finished with that aspect of my life, I'm going home well, then I flip the switch and go right back into, hey, here's my family. So I review what what's the prioritized list for family that week yep. um, and then just follow it along. So that's, that is the first ritual uh, that I follow is the power hour with those five steps. Connect, reflect, categorize, prioritize, schedule the life priorities onto our calendar. Uh, second, second Interrupt interrupt
0: real quick there, Chuck. So, and you call that the power hour. So you're, you're doing that once a week you're saying, right? And so, um, cause I'd like to have a discussion about that. So I call it power 90 is it's 90 minutes a day and it, it may, it may have some of these exact same things, but I have found that when I focus my morning and do the things that I need to do that are important to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to win the day. Yep. I think it's the daily habit of that. So I think you can combine the two, whether it's a power 90 and the power hour. So we're talking about power here. But um, why weekly versus daily versus monthly? What's your philosophy on that?
1: The, um, the idea of, of planning the week out, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday morning, a Friday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, I don't think the day of the week really matters. But, right. but for me, I can plan it out and And I can do it in about an hour, maybe a little bit longer than that and then what i do and 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 have a ritual call uh what I refer to as ten minutes that matter that's the end of the day shutdown to where I review what I accomplished the today, reflect on the day, and then put the priorities from my weekly list onto tomorrow um and then prepare for that that day and again it's uh, I call that 10 minutes of matter, I mean you're doing it for 90 minutes a day, that's awesome and I'm sure you're, you're doing the visualization with that as well. Um, so I, th- I think we're doing the same thing, we're just calling it different, right. mine might rhyme a little bit better, power hour versus power, power 90.
0: hour. That's right, 90 minute focus, I like it.
1: So you were gonna go somewhere else
0: with that, so you said the second thing now, is what?
1: Yeah, the second ritual, uh, it's what we would commonly refer to as the AM ritual, I call it the about me ritual. Uh, and we've all heard people talk about how, um, you know, on, on a plane, whenever they tell you in the event of an emergency, you put the, the, the mask on yourself first, right? That's right. Well, that about me ritual, first thing in the morning, I think that for me, it's the most important ritual. And it's it's just really setting the tone for the day. Um, and so mine, uh, I, I get up at four, well, the the, uh, the alarm goes off at 449. Um, I do some, some breath work before my feet hit the floor, feet hit the floor, do my thing for a couple of minutes. And now I'm, I'm, I'm on the mat by, uh, by five o'clock and at five o'clock then, um, do a little more breath work, uh, do, uh, do 30 minutes of meditation, 30 minutes of yoga, a few minutes of gratitude, uh, review the vision for the day and then, uh, off the mat and then. It's typically a workout after that. Um, So that's the about me ritual. I share with people, listen, it doesn't matter if it's an hour. It doesn't matter if it's 30 minutes. The important thing is to have a time first thing in the morning before you do anything else so that you can really set the course and really become the pharmacist for yourself. Because the way most people live, you know, you think about it. We wake up and what are we thinking? Well, maybe we wake up, you know, a lot of people are hitting the snooze, hitting the snooze, hitting the snooze. And by the time they do get up, you know, now they're under stress. And so their bodies and their brains releasing the norepinephrine the cortisol and, and the adrenaline. And so they're starting their day in a stressful environment. And then that just continues throughout the day. Whereas if we just get up a few minutes early, five, 10 minutes early, and we, we practice a little bit of gratitude, practice a little bit of just visualizing what we want our life to look like. Now we're releasing the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, and the endorphins, and so we're starting our day in a completely different environment, being our own pharmacist for our brain and for our body and everything changes. I mean, we're just better able to serve the world, serve our family, serve our clients, serve our friends uh, when we start off in that manner. So the three, the three rituals, the power hour, the AM ritual, and then the 10 minutes of matter that we reviewed.
0: And the 10 minutes of matter, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, 10 minutes, minutes of matter. matter. Yep. Yeah, just reviewing the day, reflecting upon the day, um, looking at you know what what's most important tomorrow, uh, and again that the, kind of the, the foundation of that is the is the from the Power Hour the the plan that we use from or the plan that we created from the Power Hour.
0: Got it. And don't you find too? I mean, just this. I mean, you say it like it's easy, right? Four four forty nine. <laughs> the alarm goes off, and you know, just oh, you kind of just stretch a little bit. And you're up and you're at them, and. I, Six months ago, I probably wouldn't have bought that, right? That it would be that easy. Uh, I think, though, when you start to tie your morning into the rest of your life and your day, I am not a morning person. I, I like to sleep, uh, but I love to stay up late. But I'm finding uh, this summer was my test. And with, you know, no, no crazy schedules with the four kids and getting ready for mm-hmm. school and all that, I've been testing it all, all, all uh, summer, and it's been phenomenal. And I want more, and I want more, and I want more. And therefore, it's been easier to get up. You know, the other thing is I have uh, two major goals in my life is, is one. Obviously, there's a lot of goals I have in my life. But just from a standpoint of uh, the experiences and the lifestyle that I want to create for kids and grandkids and all that stuff is I want to have a home in Watercolor. My favorite place on 30A in Florida, and I want to have a home there. So I name my alarm Watercolor. So when my alarm goes off on of my cell phone, I look it right in the eye and it says watercolor, right? Love and I have to either choose to turn off my goal and
1: hit snooze or I got to choose to get up. Right? Oh, I love it.
0: Make it happen.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So that's maybe awesome. a little nugget for people. So thoughts. Uh,
1: I, I love that. I, um, I, I've had uh, kind of my favorite songs uh, be my alarm. And so right now, for a while now, it's, uh, it's Ordinary Love by U2. Huh. Uh, and so that's what I get up to. And I will do my breath work for that entire song, which is about three minutes. Um, and, and then, you know, look, I mean, whenever it goes off, I would absolutely be lying if I told anyone that, oh, boy, I'm ready to get up every single day when I hear that song. start. that's not true um, at all. Some mornings, some mornings I am. Some mornings I wake up, a lot, you know, a fair amount. I wake up before that, that goes off and I'm waiting on it. Um, right. But a lot, of, a lot of mornings, it's not. It's just, again, like you said, you've got to have that vision. You've got to have, you got to know why that's important. And it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's which life would you rather live? You know, I mean, would you rather have a little bit of pain every morning and, and you know, and, and crawl out of bed and get that thing going so that by, by your normal time that you're regularly running, you're feeling good? or you know or 10 or 15 or an hour less you know more sleep right. i mean you know it's just it it it's it's a no brainer from my standpoint
0: what about um, the preparation the night before what are you doing to get up at 449 are you doing anything at night
1: well again the 10 minutes that matter so part of part of what i do is is on my calendar uh every day you know and and yesterday i did my power hours so every day this week uh you know 449 is written in uh get up am ritual and so just by writing that down you're you're dramatically increasing the likelihood that you're going to follow yep. through
0: yeah
1: um and and so that's really what i do and look i don't stay up late um yep. you know i mean it it's it's a rare 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 occasion that i see midnight yeah uh it it's you know it's rare that i see 11 i mean 10 to 10:30 Yep. it was the t- my time to go to bed and sometimes my body says nine or 9 30 and i listen yeah you know again when you can I mean I've got three teenagers and so it's right. not always easy it's, yeah um, but but you do what you can but the even even if um I, i've been following this for, for a long time I mean since my late 20s i, I you know, I had a ritual in the morning. Yep. Um, since last July, I've I've I followed that ritual every single morning. I haven't missed a morning in, in over a year. Wow. Um, now th- let me let me clarify that. That's the ritual that that's not 449 every single day, but the ritual of of meditation sure. and yoga I've been doing for over a year now without missing a day. And so I've got the fallback to where, okay, look, if you know, if we go out and you know, and it's a party and we, you know, we're at home at 12 right. or one o'clock, okay, I'll get up at you know six or six fifteen, six thirty, whatever the number is, and I'll have a, a, a an abbreviated version. Yeah. I think the 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 uh the beauty of having an abbreviated version where you can you know you can meditate for five minutes, you can do five minutes of yoga, you can do yeah two minutes of gratitude, that daily consistency makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't have to be the whole thing, but that daily consistency of doing it is really, really powerful.
0: Yep. I like it. So let's talk about fears. I talk about this in every show. Uh, The fears you've put in your mind over the years, over Chuck's, what, 25 plus years uh, as a professional, uh, how many fears you put up here in your mind blew up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be?
1: None. None. I mean, it it it's you know it, it just it doesn't happen. I mean, you know the, the, the there's I'm not sure who said it, but you know a a, a hear uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths, a hero won. Yeah. You know why? Because the the coward is always worried about dying, right. and so our mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined, and so you know that fear. As if you know, we're we're living it as if it were real, and so people are experiencing, and that's why there's so much. That's why there's so much uh, disease today. That's why there's so much stress today is because we're worrying all the time, and it gets back to, you know, again, if we if we become what we think about, which we do, right. then we've got to increase the percentage of thoughts on what we want and decrease the percentage of thoughts on what we don't want, and whenever we're worried about things you know, we're living and our body's reacting as if it's actually happened. It just, again, it really never happens as bad as we thought it was.
0: I love the fact that you said that now a couple times, increase what we want, right? The thoughts we want decrease. And it's so simple, but yet it's so profound because it's so true. If I continue to think, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this. And even that little saying of I have to versus I get to. Yep. I think is a big deal. It's all about how we train our mind and how we, uh, how we see things.
1: So um, talk to us now. Go ahead. If, yeah, if I can, you know, I, I look at it as we've got it. How do, how do we increase the percentage of thoughts on what we want? How do we decrease the percentage of thoughts on what we don't want? And the way that we do that is by creating these neon flashing signs. I mean, think about it. If you've got neon flashing signs that are continually popping up in your life, reminding you of what you want, it's easier to increase your percentage of thoughts right. on what you want. Um, and so that's where a vision comes in. I mean, your your alarm is an example of that. You know, how can we set up ways to continually remind ourselves of what we want? You know, post-it notes of, of, of sayings or reminders, you know, pictures of our family, pictures of what we want. Those are the neon yeah. flashing signs that help us increase the percentage of thoughts on what we want thereby decreasing the percentage of thoughts and what we don't want.
0: So talk to us now. I mean, we can talk about success and you know, how great we are all day long, right? But let's talk about maybe some of those moments, some of those failures that you had early on in your career. And even to this day, and, and uh, I'll explain real quick, I call it the bounce back theory. And I would say mm-hmm. this is a, a thing about you is when you get rejection, when you get things you don't like, your ability to just turn the page uh, is is pretty darn quick, right? And that's what I call the bounce back theory. The most successful people in the world bounce back from rejection very quickly. The least successful people in the world get rejected and they may not come out of their hole for a week, a month, right? A year, a decade, right? But you've done it quickly. So, but what are those things and those habits that you had early on when you got rejection uh, that helped you overcome them?
1: Man, when, um, when I was starting out, I, I was a, a college intern in the financial services industry, as you know, uh, at, at Ole Miss and had some success there and then moved to Memphis, Tennessee, started all over in a place that I, you know, that I really didn't know anyone. And uh, as has happened to me many times in my life, I've, you know, I thought I was a lot better than, than, than what I was, you know, arrogant, let's right. say. Um, and so I showed up and I just thought, boy, people are, you know, people are going to be really excited that I'm here and they can't wait to, you know, <laughs> yeah. have me their advisor. And, a, you know, a few months in, I had no clients, no real prospective clients. I was almost out of my savings and, uh, and I had no desire to ask mom and dad for help. And, and so I found myself one, uh, one evening in, in the floor, with bills spread out, I'm having to figure out which ones I can pay and which ones I can't pay. And it was very stressful. It was the first time in my life I'd ever been in that situation. And, um, and, and there were a few tears that were there, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I finished crying and I, I looked up and there was a bookshelf in the room. I was staying with a buddy of mine uh, renting a room from, from him. And there was a, a book with an arrow on the spine, a red arrow pointing up and said, see you at the top, Zig Ziglar. Ziglar and I thought, yeah. Zig Ziglar, what the hell kind of a name is that? And <laughs> I went over and I pulled that book off and I started reading it. And Zig really had three things that changed the course of my life. And the first one was, he said, you can get anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And so that was a philosophy that I adopted right there. The second thing he said was, "You got to get rid of stinking thinking." And you know, I realized, look, my thoughts—I'm—I'm taking all this rejection personally. I'm—I'm—I'm absorbing it. I'm owning it. I've got to let it go. That's right. That was that was a game changer for me. And then the the third aspect was was Zig, you know, talked about a vision, and that that's when I created my first vision uh, for my life. And so that's really, you know, those have followed me, you know, now for I mean, God, almost thirty years, Brett. Yeah. And so regardless of what the the challenge has been, it's you know, whenever you get back to look what we're here to do is to serve others. You know, we can get anything that we want in life as long as we help enough other people get what they want. You know, we got to get rid of stinking thinking. We always, right. you know, just always expect the best and 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 have a clear vision for what we want to do with our life. Yep.
0: What's old Robin Charma say without clarity, clarity precedes mastery, right? So if you're going to go out and master whatever that craft is, you got to have that clear vision and uh, everything else you just said. So that's awesome. So Talk to us about, um, if you don't mind sharing. Um, you just, you've had a pretty impactful uh, couple years, man. And uh, yeah. you know, you and I, uh, just as buddies, were on the phone the other day, and you know, my entire body was full of, of, of just chills. And and uh, before I, I guess before I go any further with that, I mean just. Kind of fill our listeners in and what the last couple of years for Chuck downs has been like
1: yeah i um i, I think I think I shared with you i I said that um, that i'd had something really profound happen to me um, back in uh back in april and and uh and what um what had happened was uh, a very special person in my life <clears throat> had reached out to me and, and wanted me to read an obituary that she had just written. And so I, I read the obituary and I told her, I said, this is phenomenal. It's perfect. And she texted me back. Well, that's good because one of, uh, one of my relatives said that it was too flowery and, and overblown. And I texted her back. I said, you know, there's two mistakes we can make in life. The big mistake is playing life too small. The small mistake is playing life too big. Yep. And which mistake would you rather make? Right. And she said, great. And, uh, and, and this lady, her name is Pam. And the obituary was for her 90-year-old mother. And, uh, and I met Pam and her 90-year-old mother uh, four years ago for the first time. And, uh, and when I, I met her mother, uh, she, she introduced us and I just simply said, hi, I'm Chuck. And she was 86 years old and she was in the early stages of dementia. And, and Pam's mother had played big 50 years ago, uh, very big, because 50 years ago, Pam was 18 and she found out that she was pregnant. And so, uh, so when they told Pam's father, Pam's father said, "Well, we're sending her to New York for an abortion." And Pam's mom stepped up and said, "She's not going to New York for an abortion. She'll go stay with Aunt Bonnie in Mississippi and have the baby and put it up for adoption." And that's what happened. Um, and so we are meeting for the first time four years ago. We're at a, 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 a dinner table at a restaurant. And and just a lot of small talk. And at one point, uh, Pam looks at at her mother and says, Mother, do you remember when I went to stay with Aunt Bonnie? And her mother looked at her and she said, yes, I remember. And she said, do you remember why I went to stay with Aunt Bonnie? And you could see the wheels turning in this 86-year-old lady's head. she goes, yes, I remember and Pam looked over at me and pointed at me and said, mother, this is the baby. And, and I mean, just the look in, in this woman's eyes at me, just the joy was incredible. You know, and some gave my grandmother for the first time. And uh, you know, it took me a while, but I finally mustered the, the 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 words of you know, thank you for making sure that Pam went to stay with Aunt Bonnie instead of going to New York. That's right, and it was just it was an incredible experience. Um, and um, and so the week before before my grandmother passed away in April, uh, we were actually uh, we I, I I actually got to see her, and that was. Uh, I was able to tell her goodbye and, uh, and say a few prayers for her. And a week later she passed away. Um, and it was just, it was an incredible experience.
0: And so what was, I mean, thank one. Thank you for sharing and and being open and transparent with our, with our, uh, our listeners. And, uh, a lot of thoughts go through my mind on that. So you, you meet your biological mother, Mm -hmm. uh, four years ago, right? So, Talk about that because I think, you know, so much of our upbringing and so much of who we are is because of our parents and the things that we've got. And then now here you are basically what, 44, 45 years old before you met your biological mom. Is that correct? uh,
1: 46 and we spoke for for over a year before I actually met her. Yeah, Yeah. it was. um, So when I hit 40, um, that was the point that I said, you know what, maybe I should start having annual checkups. (laughs) Um not a big fan of 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 those uh and, and so at forty I said you know what let me let me start going to to get these things done and so i uh you know go to the doctor and he does the blood work and and the uh, p s a level came back a little bit higher than than what he would have expected for a forty year old healthy guy and and so he you know part of the questions are your family health history and i 've always you know since I was a kid the answer was always i don 't know mm-hmm, right uh, I was adopted and uh, and so he said, when I said that, he said, well, you know, you can, you can get, um, you can get that information. You can contact the adoption agency and, and get the non-identifying birth information that will have the health history most of the time. I said, great. And a year later I go back for a checkup and he asked me about it and I said, great. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, thanks for the info doc, but I'm not doing it.
1: And, uh, and so the third year of seeing this guy, he says it again. And, and I, and, and, um, and so I reached out to my dad and, and I reached out. I mean, the next time we were talking, I said, Hey, my doctor wants to do this. Uh, where was, where was the home that I was adopted from? So he told me, and, um, and so I, I, I called and left a message. And, uh, and then they called me back and then I called them back and, and some time passed and, and, you know, I just didn't, I, it wasn't that big of a deal. And finally, you know, it, it, I guess it became a big deal because the fourth time that I saw the doctor, he kind of pushed me. And, and so I called and, and spoke to this lady at the adoption ag- agency and, um, and as we're talking, uh, she asked me what my life was like. I told her how amazing it was, how blessed I was. And she just wanted to, you know, kind of. She want. They love hearing the story. I think whenever they're involved in this. And um, and she says, "Well, hang on a minute. Let me go get your file." And so she, you know, puts puts me on hold. And a couple of minutes later, she comes back and she says, "Well, I found it." Oh my lord! And I said, "What?" And she goes, there's a letter in here from 1999 and it's notarized from your birth mother. And she says, if you ever contact looking for her, here's her number and here's her email address. And I was like, oh, that's uh, not what I wanted, you I know. know? I mean, that's what my dang medical yeah, history So it's like, you know, I never, I mean, my parents are my parents, right? And yeah. and it's just, I never had any, it just, it wasn't something I wanted or thought about. And and so I got this information and, and, and I sat on it for a long time. And, and a dear friend of mine, um, uh, you know, whenever she found out that I was sitting on that information, started pushing me to reach out and, um, and, and that's what I did.
0: Amazing. And so what was that? Uh, that, I mean, that takes some courage, right? For you to do that because that, that can change the whole trajectory of what life looks like, right? I mean, that's a big, big moment.
1: Look, man, you you don't know what you're gonna find, right? And so that fear of not knowing what I was going to find uh was was big. Yep. Um and and I'm so grateful and so thankful because what I found was was amazing and beautiful and and you know has has just uh, you know, has released a lot of things in me yeah. um, that, that's, that I'm very, very blessed for.
0: And that goes back to that question earlier, how many of the fears you put in your mind blow up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be. I mean, I can't imagine the stuff you had going on upstairs, right? And, and none of it, none of it came true.
1: No, I mean, the ability, the ability to, you know, the ability to tell my grandmother, thank you yeah. for, for making sure that I'm here. Um, and, 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 you know, and then my, my father wanted to meet Pam and Pam wanted to meet my father. My, my mom passed away in 2004 from acute leukemia. Um, so she's been, you know, she's been gone for a while. And, and, and my dad, after, after I met Pam, you know, I'd love to meet her sometime. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll get right on that, you know, and, and, you know, Pam wanted to meet my father and, and I think, you know, certainly I've been one of the, the those types of people that, um, you know, to show true feelings and, and that stuff, it, it, it wasn't easy, you know, being open, having an open heart hasn't been easy. Um, and so it was one of those things that I knew it would be uncomfortable and I knew it would be a lot of emotion and I just didn't want to experience it. Yeah. And, and last December, uh, I was at a retreat and, and, you know, it came to me, dude, your dad's 85 years old. Your grandmother's 90. How much longer are you going to wait to introduce these people to each right. other? Right. Um, and so I, I, I set that up and, uh, and that happened the last weekend of March. Uh, so, you know, my, my sister and my father and my sister's family were going to, uh, to spring break about 45 minutes from where Pam and, and, uh, and, and my grandmother lived. And so I was able to make that introduction this year.
0: A little extra, uh, meditation that morning, maybe. <laughs>
1: Yeah. four 440. The, the alarm uh, yeah. that went uh, didn't
0: up at that day.
1: The alarm didn't go off that day. I, I think I was on the beach. Uh, it was in North Florida. I was on the beach before 4 a.m. that morning. Yeah. yeah. It was It was, It was. was a lot going on.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, man. That's, uh, I think, you know, for our listeners is uh, you learn from Chuck. There's a lot of things that one he's doing right right now, but there's a lot of fears that he's looking at right in the eye and he's going to make happen to uh, continue to write you his story and, or your story, I should say. So, so thanks for sharing, man. So when you, uh, when you think about life, if, uh, if I could ask one person that you would uh, sit down and go have dinner with, uh, who would that person be? And tell me why.
1: Does it have to be someone living?
0: Nope. Anybody.
1: I, I think it would be so cool to see sit down with Jesus. Yeah, um, I knew that
0: was going to be your answer, so I almost took it away from you because yeah, that's a good yeah, answer. But
1: you know, and and but but I think that I probably you know his teachings have been so widely used, um, and the ability to you know to actually follow his teachings, you know, are so yeah. challenging. But yet it's it's you know. We're, we're, we're promoting him, right? right? So I would, I would love to know what he, what he thinks right. of what's going on in our world today, and just you know his advice on you know how we can, how we can live a, a more you know loving and and accepting and unconditionally loving life.
0: So another question, uh, odd questions here, but I'm always fascinated by these. Is um, I give you 10 million bucks, you can't donate it. Because that's what you would you'd want to donate a lot of it. You you can't pay off any debts that you may or may not have. You can't give it to me at Visionary Wealth Advisors to invest it. So what it, what is Chuck Downs doing with ten million bucks right
1: now? Um, I would go out and I would find people that are that are truly making the world a better place. Um, you know, especially from an a, an environmental standpoint. A uh, a prov- a, a providing for others. And I would want to invest in their business and give them business guidance uh, to help them grow their businesses to have a, a major, major, much more major impact on the world much sooner than they will otherwise.
0: I like it. Investing in others, man. A um, few other questions here. How, how is Chuck Downs staying a student in the game today? What do you, uh, obviously you get your power hour and all those things you do, but what else do you do, do during your day to uh, be that student?
1: Um, man, I, I am a personal development junkie. I mean, I just, I love, I love retreats. I love going to workshops. Um, I mean, I, I was, uh, I love traveling. I was in, um, I went to, uh, Bhutan, uh, India, uh, and Nepal earlier in the spring. And it was just incredible being at this, these Buddhist monasteries and the, 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 you know, the ashrams in India. I mean, it was inc- just an incredible experience. And to hear these people and, and the wisdom that they've passed down for thousands of years has been incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I mean, the work that he's doing is just mind-blowing. I mean, people are having healings, uh, people being cured from cancer and heart disease and all kinds of ailments, blindness, um, and it, it, the science behind it is incredible. I mean, so much of, of what we've heard for years, but he's been able to take that and show the science behind of why it works. Hmm. Uh, so, I, I did a, an eight-day retreat with him uh, in, in December. So, just, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of workshops, a lot of seminars. Um, I mean, just, you know, just always looking for the next thing that I can participate in.
0: And I think it's important too, is that investing in yourself, right? So many people hear, "Oh, it's nice. You're traveling. You're doing this. You're going to workshops." But that stuff's not free, right? And, and to do that is investing in yourself.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's. I mean, that's where, yeah. I mean, that's where the growth comes from, right? I mean, you got to invest in yourself and and the continual learning. I mean, what yeah. what's you know, what we thought was real 10 years ago, we look at today. I mean, from a, from a health standpoint, as an example, right. we're light years ahead.
0: That's right. So, where do our listeners find more of Chuck Downs, man? Where can we learn more about your stuff and what you're putting
1: out every day? Man, I, uh, I've got a website. It's downsconsulting.com. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook at Chuck Downs Jr. Chuck and Downs those Jr. are the three best places.
0: I like it, man. You're putting out some great stuff, a lot of great videos for our listeners. Uh, but Chuck, man, it was awesome. Just knowing I woke up Thanks, today, brother. obviously knowing you're, you're here today, I was excited, man. Just get to spend some time with you. And uh, I got a funny story. I think you'll remember this. Um, so I go to Key Biscayne a few times with the family and that's where Chuck lives on an island. You, you know what story I'm going to tell?
1: I, I, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah. So uh, Chuck's got a golf cart and Chuck is a uh, very nice, you know, a good friend. He says, you know what, Brett here, here's the keys, take the golf cart for the week. So, you know, my kids think it's the coolest thing ever. We're driving around an Island to dinner every day and lunch and, and all this stuff. And one night we, what is it? Archie's is that the name of the pizza joint? Archie's pizza. Yeah. Archie's pizza and Key Biscayne. If you ever go to Key Biscayne, check it out. Um, no longer like there.
1: Game. What's that? It's no longer. Oh, in business.
0: Archie's is gone. Poor Archie. Uh, well, that's all right. Uh, anyway, so we go into this Archie's Pizza, and um, you know, we come outside, and golf cart's gone. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I mean, I am looking everywhere, right, for this golf cart, and uh, golf cart's gone. So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, now I got to call my buddy, and I can tell him his golf cart has been stolen. So I go around, I go around, I go around, and then I think finally uh, Chuck maybe called me or something, and, and he was standing across on a stairwell watching me walk around the parking lot looking for this uh, golf cart that he had the spare keys to and went and moved it. So, hey, that's always something a good friend would do to you, man.
1: Little little, little practical joke shows a lot of love and compassion.
0: Exactly. exactly. So very good memory of our, uh, from my family. We talk about that pretty regularly. So, uh, well, brother, it's always good to see you, my man. And uh, thanks for being with me on the circuit of success.
1: Thanks for the opportunity to share, brother. I appreciate it.